We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, but today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that, by bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey. What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. Brought to you by the power of the Journey into Comics Network. This is the Journey into Comics Podcast. The show that's 100% dedicated to everything nerd. With your hosts, the Podfather, Nate Phillips, the Podmaster, Brandon Stone, and the Journey into Comics Network stepdad, Tyler McLaughlin. Time to make the Jimmy Chunks. Hey! Excellent! Finally. What did you do? And here we go. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? This town needs an enema. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. Hey, it's Journey into Comics 310. I'm your host, Nate. Today, joining me, the other half of the two-man power trip. Welcome back once again, Brando. How's it going, brother? It's going all right, man. It's been a pretty busy week for me. Uh, It's been hard to do anything creative or uh, content-wise. We tried to do a podcast all week. You and I did. It took a lot. It took a lot. It took a lot. Happened. It, it even took a. It even took another podcast getting canceled for us to be like, all right, hey, we made ourselves available for that one. We were good. Let's just slot the one we couldn't do all week right in. So now today we don't have to do two. We only got to do one. Which is nice. It is that is a, that is a nice um, kind of break. It was really fun to have uh, been a guest again on Game Addicts. It's it's you know you and I are always talking in these little windows in this current era of the world, but the shows are always so different. And I love just being a part of that experience. Uh, you know, to to touch on like not that side of things. I just want to talk about how I've been trying to be healthier for just like a second. I've for the most part cut out pops. Like I maybe have like one or two Pepsis a week now. If I'm like I once I, hey, there's a, there's a yeah. But like I I had done really well. Like kind of break. You know, T- Tyler got me on the node pop at all train, and I cold turkey like was like forty three days I think without pop, and then I was like oh, I want a Pepsi. I need to have a sip of Pepsi. And then but, as soon as you have one, it's like <gasps> I probably should have another at some point in the near future. You know, um, but like I've cut cookies and stuff like that out trying to eat less sweets and things like that you know my sweet tooth is decaying and while my sweet tooth is going away i will tell you brando that because of what we just experienced and spoiler alert maybe this might be uh, an episode worthy title i think i have a sweet tooth for vengeance now 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because we just got to experience, and I don't know if you were watching along in real time, listener and Brandon, you know, I don't know how everybody experienced this event, uh, but DC Fandom happened. And in the weirdest twist of things, you know, this was supposed to be technically if the original, original plan would have come to light, we would have had a very packed week. We would have been finishing the Ghost Rider series and then had all of this to dive into. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Tyler got forced to work at the last minute and we have made the commitment to each other that if we're all currently covering a comic book and trying to review it, we're not going to continue it on if one of us can't make it. And hopefully... The three of us won't have too, you know, we're not going to have too many weeks where we can't do that if we're already in the middle of like, like of a review. So um, we're usually pretty good at letting each other know when and when, you know, when or we can't make it. And what I will say from my own perspective, if it, if it's ever a last minute thing where I can't make it, uh, I'll definitely try to send notes or my thoughts. That means you guys can still cover something, but I'm not expecting that from you guys. You're like, Hold on. Brando said in his text that yeah. he thinks this is bullshit. <laughs> That's all he said. What well, wasn't bullshit was all the awesome stuff we got this week. That it was, it has been. I've heard two things. I've heard this was the most amazing thing that, that we've seen in a long time. Another thing, it's like maybe we're just so starved for anything right now in, in, in the realm of entertainment or even nerdum or geekdom that. All this looked amazing just because we're like, we're just our, like our bodies are ready for it. You know, it's like we just need it. I guess that uh, I, I agree that, yes, we do absolutely need it. And it's an amazing time for DC really to capitalize being able to have an event like this. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sure that maybe when 2020 first started and there wasn't the whole pandemic, there was probably talks to actually do this as an event. Sure. You know, and then uh, and, and I. You know, or maybe they were going to do these panels at SDCC, however it was going to go down. Obviously, things changed, and they were really smart to pivot and say, well, we're not going to not talk about the cool shit we have coming up. We're just going to hype it even more and make it even bigger. And the way they delivered and, you know, um, were able to – yesterday, the internet was only talking about DC yep. solid for like seven and a half hours. And right when one thing was almost dying down on trend, they'd throw another fucking amazing ember into the fire that would just restoke the flame. It was, listen, we have been critical. Brando, you know this. We've been very critical of DC and some of their missteps uh, in their movie universe. Now, while uh, uh, their TV universe is great, their comics have done amazing things in different segments, but never consistently. This is one of those things where <clears throat> they came out swinging and did not stop swinging. The thing is, is that I feel like we have been fair. I don't think that we've been overall overly critical because I mean, you defended BVS from all the hate. Yeah. Was it the fact that it was a 10? No, no. We not, Like neither one of us think that, but we didn't deserve that just because it wasn't what we were used to from the, from Marvel or anything on that side. It was something different that it was bad. You know, I, I don't think that movie is bad. I just don't think it's as good as it maybe could have been. But you know what? We don't always get that. Even on the Marvel side, there, there are movies that we have that aren't as good as maybe they could be. But but the one thing that Marvel kind of had is a baked-in audience that are just going to – that are hooked. You know, 
And yeah, once they did it good a few times, yeah, the crowd yeah. is coming back to see how they continue to do well. And it and, 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 and because they have it sprinkled throughout the year, if they have a misstep in the middle of that, oh, that one wasn't as good. But 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 there's still the the Captain America movie coming out this year. Where I mean, we're still gonna go see that, right? Even though Thor yeah, was bad, be a home run. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, no, no. That's see, that's gonna be Spider Man. Um, but um, <laughs> I hope not. No. Um, well, no, it's home run, home, home front, home, run home, run home, Jack. I, I, I don't know. No, what I feel like is that DC, when they kind of started uh, right at the end of the Nolan verse, the the the, like the Dark Knight trilogy, you know, we if we could be real for a second, we wouldn't be where we are today with superhero films if it wasn't for the Nolan trilogy rebooted the invigoration for and and mm-hmm. timing wise because listen you, you everyone's going to talk about obviously 2008 iron man came out sure. created a thing marvel studios goes on to be on a roll however uh on the other side of things in 2005 batman begins was coming out and kicking all kinds of ass and everybody loved that movie there was not there wasn't even a question people were critically acclaiming how good they thought christian bale was in that role in the first movie and, of course, there's some missteps in the second movie. They deepen the voice. Some things change, you know. I uh, actually just recently watched, like, um, different Easter eggs and details you might have missed in The Dark Knight recently. And the one that I found the most amazing in all of it, because I've seen the movie so many times, it was, like, every single thing they were saying, like, yeah, I've already caught that. That's cool. Yeah, huh? But the one I never really caught is a subtle thing that uh, Bale did with his voice. And in the party scene, when Joker shows up, and he's trying to take out Harvey and, and everybody. And Bruce has Harvey in the chokehold. When he tells Rachel to run, he changes his voice to Batman voice. He tells her to get out of here in deep Batman voice. But right before then, he was talking normal. So it's it, it was it's just like this. He like you see him start the morph. And I thought that was really cool. But um, yes, those movies kicked it all off to get back to the original point. When you look at, uh, I mean, because you can also go back even further and say that the, the Batman trilogy, Dark Knight trilogy, exists because of the success of X-Men and Spider-Man. But that didn't equal success for all the other characters they tried to bring forward. But when Batman... Yeah, do well. Well, but, 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 but with Batman, you had the right mix of talent between bringing in Bale as Batman, great actor, bringing in Nolan, great direct, writer-director, great a great team. And then He's also start, super meticulous. Yes, yes. When 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 they made the Dark Knight, because you because you said Iron Man came out in 08, Dark Knight also came out in 08. And Iron Man, as good as that movie is, gets infinitely overshadowed by the monster that is the Dark Knight. Why is that movie so good? It's a good script, it's good writing, even better acting. And and, and, and it's in this humble podcaster's opinion, the performance and the writing of the Dark Knight made everybody else stand up and said, we need to improve our game. And oh yes, when you have a guy like Heath Ledger win an Oscar for, uh, for a comic book role, it may or may not have led to some more actors being more open to looking at that side, that there's, this is a viable way for me to interpret this art and whatever. And, and then of course, after dark Knight, you have a couple of films and then you have the Avengers team up and it becomes a monster. And then after that, in my opinion, that's when the MCU goes off because then you're bringing in a bunch of other, other really talented people. 
whether that's anybody who participated in Guardians or uh, Cumberbatch or, you know, just so many people that are really great. Even guys that they got early on in the Avengers would, would grow into their roles. Evans, Hemsworth, you know, even Downey Jr. to an extent. I mean, he's, yeah. I mean, they, they would really capsule. Like, yeah. absolutely. Yes. Perfect example of a of an actor who, when Jeremy Renner was first cast as Hawkeye, it's a big like, what? Why? He's not, not, not going to do much for me. And then from Avenger, well, really from Thor, through his journey all the way through, he has one of the most incredible arcs yeah. because he is an ever-changing person and character who is dealing with loss and guilt and all these things. It's very, very, very relatable. So going through all of that, then, then we get to post-Dark Knight, and the MCU is already rolling at that point. But, you know, Warner Brothers is like, we want some of that success over here as well. And we couldn't kickstart it when we wanted to because no one still had to finish up his last movie. And that's going to be its own thing because that's his thing. We don't want to incorporate and make a make a universe off of his thing because we don't want to disrespect him. And I can I completely get that. I mean, that could have been their opportunity to really kickstart a whole universe off of the Nolan verse. You would have had to have had Bale all in, though. Exactly. The minute he says no, it immediately changes the whole even though we have uh, our issues with bale he is that batman and for anybody else to try to take that version and make it there it i don't think it would have worked i see i i really like his performance as batman and i really like his his, his performance as bruce and batman begins even better it's just the voice that bothers me. It's it's throughout when they started modulating the voice more and more and more. Well, the modulation, it, yes, but like when yeah. he's doing the voice and Batman begins, I, I, it's completely fine. I don't I don't yeah. put that on bail. Um, then we go into uh, the Man of Steel. That's supposed to be their start. And then BVS. All right, we're rolling in. We're bringing it. Batman and Wonder Woman. All right, cool. And but it kind of missteps. And. In some ways, I'm trying to figure out exactly why it missteps. In my head, I, I really can't figure out why that's a terrible movie, other than the fact that maybe it's a bit bloated. Um, BVS? Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, what I, I feel like, and this is just uh, conjecture. We might be wrong. We might, once we see Snyder's Justice League cut, confirm what I'm about to say. But it's one of those situations where, how do I eloquently put this? Uh, Thor the Dark World for DC. Thor the Dark World in a vacuum, not a great movie. Doesn't do a lot for everything going on. But when you look at the bigger picture, a lot of seeds and a lot of plot points and a lot of important moments are actually put very strategically in the Dark World or called back into the Dark World to make it a more important movie, however you want to look at it. But I feel like Snyder has a big plan and is trying to like execute the plan. I just think that we're, we saw the infancy of what the Justice League was going to be, and that's kind of the point of BVS is they aren't that great together. It didn't work out so well. It was kind of hodgepodge, you know, and, and, and obviously, again, with the whole Snyder thing, look at BVS. He had to have a definitive edition to actually get his vision out yeah. there because people trashed it. What does that say? that they weren't allowing him to fully tell his story in long form like he wanted to. Sure. Uh, and it may be so. I know some people have criticized how Batman plays the dumb one. Uh, and, and I even said it back when the movie came out. I'm like, he kind of does. But he, because yeah. he's, he's, a, he's a guy, he hasn't been Batman for however, however long he hasn't been Batman. He, he, has, he has retired. 
I think we put together, and this isn't really said in the film, that he kind of retired after Joker killed Jason Todd or or, or that version of Robin. And then Dick Grayson actually confirmed. Dick Grayson? Okay. There, was a, uh, there was a headstone in the Ultimate Edition that you see that says Richard Grayson. So okay. yeah, confirm. So Joker kills Dick Grayson. Batman beats his face in. Like, that's why he has the grill. That's why he's damaged. He, he literally almost goes too far because he is that stricken. And he says, all right, I got to be done because I I was the reason why Dick died. You know, it's my fault. And that's weight that he carries. So now what does he have at the very beginning of BVS? It's the weight of loss. Well, it's the weight of loss of all these people. And he's looking around and he's seeing these, these alien like gods fight each other, destroy the city, innocent people being hurt, killed. And there's, and everyone on this planet's helpless. And there, there's just a fleeting feeling in his mind. I'm the one guy who might be able to do something about this. I've faced Maybe people I'm not helpless. You know, I, I faced people like him before that I didn't think that I could beat, but I beat him. Maybe not superhumans, but Bane or whoever, right? Yes, you know, absolutely. You know, and so he's. But also, what I, uh, in BVS, they they bring it into the modern world and they politicize it. We see Fox News, we see CNN. It gets mixed into the zeitgeist of the political shitstorm. And what do they do? Some are like, he's our hero. Other ones. He's a monster. And I think Bruce gets caught up in that fear. He's afraid of him. Yeah, and they, 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 uh, <laughs> I, I, again, I've been watching a lot of new rock stars uncovering Easter eggs, and I just recently watched the BVS Ultimate Edition one. Yeah. And they were calling about, uh, you know, the media coverage. And it was interesting because Metropolis sees uh, Superman as their savior. And they do puff pieces, and it's like the one way that he's viewed. And then in Gotham, Batman is viewed completely the counter opposite as this like villain, evil, you know, um, yeah. vigilante that's you know um, on the loose. Um, <clears throat> and it's it's just little details like that. The more the more we get those details, I think Zack Snyder's the long story talent like long format storyteller he can't just get it done in an hour and 40 and give no. you everything because he wants there to be big nuance. payoff and experience yes nuance and like, and those, well we and we criticized some writing in bvs when, when, when we reviewed it in indirect comparison to the nolan verse where where you have big long diatribes from alfred that he tells a whole story to make a point right yes you know and then in bvs it's like two sentences and that's it's not bad writing, but it, in comparison, it seems bad. Now that we get further away from the Nolan verse, I can look back on that with a little bit less critique. I really liked uh, Man, Man of Steel's all right. I, I, it's all right. I, I, that's one I've watched the least. I, I need to watch it more. I like Henry Cavill more than I did then when I first saw it. I will say that I, Henry Cavill overall, he's won me over. Uh, I, yeah, I, he's I, great. I, he's my favorite Superman. I love him as Geralt and other stuff in that like that I've seen him in like uh, the, 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 that Mission Impossible. I actually saw him in that. So it's like, no, he he's killing it, man. Most recently, the Internet has seen him build a PC that people went yeah. nuts about. <laughs> yeah, right. So I have a lot more respect for him. So I want to go back and watch rewatch Man of Steel with that mindset and then rewatch BVS before like the four hour Justice League Snyder cut. Comes to is HBO. Max. Kicking off. 
well, we, well, we might as well because it was one of the bigger things, you know. Um, I watched. Absolutely. I watched the whole panel. He brought in some all the uh, all the guests or all, uh, some of his guests to come in and ask ask fan questions. Were the stars, you know? Uh, ben Affleck is like, you know, he was there and and he was read one of the questions. Who's your favorite superhero? And he's like, well, Zach's like, besides Batman, uh, uh, Doctor Manhattan. He's, oh, okay, sweet. He, he's like, he's my favorite DC superhero. And then, uh, yeah, they had um, Ray Fisher, Ezra Miller, and Ezra's like, are you going to have more of the Flash in the new cut? <laughs> Just saying. I don't know. Guy's pretty good looking, you know? <laughs> and he like, he's like, of course. It's like he said that we're going to see more of the Flash's emotional journey throughout the movie. Awesome. Um, as we're well as see a new power. A new power. And we're, we're going to see more of Cyborg's journey. And even in the trailer, which of course I don't, I have snippets of another trailer that, that we're going to share with you here in screenshots. I didn't have time to get stuff from this one. In the trailer, we actually see a, diff, a different outcome for Cyborg's dad. They show that right in the trailer. It's like, boom, this yes, is different. Do. This is a different movie, even though there's tons of stuff that's going to be, oh, I remember that. I remember this too. This is along those lines. Well, the, overall, it's going to be a little bit different of a feel. And uh, he also had. Two, at least two of the people who were really instrumental behind the scenes on getting the Snyder Cut movement going. This uh, Chinese girl, I can't remember her name, so sure. please forgive me there. Uh, but he had her on. Is like, like, did you ever think this was an actual possibility that this would actually succeed? You know, and they're, they're like, hopeful, but no. It's like we realized we, you know, even though they bought, they bought a billboard and when it when it, when the anniversary for the release would come out or. When a, a new Comic Con, they try to come up with something to kind of just stir up uh, awareness. And even uh, uh, another guy that he had on there hinted that Zach even gave him like a little, hey, maybe, uh, maybe something like this or something. You know, maybe that'll get their attention. You know, because hey. he can't really get too involved, but he can maybe poke him in the right way. And because Zach is uh, that now that Zach is back in doing this, I'm seeing a lot of excitement from him. To be able to fully realize his vision, get it out there. He's, they've got to be careful about what they say because they don't want to trounce on anybody negatively in public. You yeah, know? they can. Well, that might be coming soon, though, because in, in all of the DC news that we have, this is like a little subset that wasn't during Fandom but happened right before. Uh, Warner Max Media, uh, Warner Media officially launched an investigation into allegations against Joss Whedon, really? Jeff Johns, and many others. Yeah, because of Ray Fisher, they are independently investigating all claims. That's good. So it could really shake things up in a really different way. You know, hmm. uh, there could be big headlines that storm out of this in two months. You know well, I mean? okay, so here's the thing. And we did that whole preamble at the beginning of the show talking about Dark Knight, talking about DC trying to build up to compare to MCU. Um, cause they, cause they did man of steel and it did pretty good. Warner had a certain expectation for Batman and Superman being in a movie together. And I don't know the exact number that it made worldwide, but it only made a billion dollars. That's the last, that's the line that I tell people. I'm like, yep. it was, oh, a, it was such a failure. It only made a billion dollars. Oh, the movie was too long. It was too dark. It was too this. It was, and, um, let me just say, Brando's going to be right here. I'm going to I'm going to call bullshit. 
is it dark compared to other superhero movies that were being at the time just engulfed with? Absolutely. Is that why I liked it? Yes. I DC's always been darker to me, even than the bright Superman comics and just the whole DC an envelope, the world itself. It's a little bit more more majestic, a little bit more supery, you know, more mystical, more alien powers. I mean, granted, I mean, Marvel's no stranger to that, and, and we've now gone there with Captain Marvel and Thanos and aliens, Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, early on, when this stuff was starting, we were just starting to get there in Marvel, right? So when we're seeing, like, this stuff kind of uh, like unfold in DC, it seems a little bit weird to start with it. Kind of. But that's where it starts. Who was the first DC mega superhero? Superman. Who's number two? Batman. Yeah. Then you throw in Wonder Woman. Yeah. You know, then you're throwing in uh, Aquaman, Flash. Yeah. I feel like fucking Eli Drake over here. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, (laughs) like, and then eventually Green Lanterns, Lantern Corps. What I'm saying is, even though they had most of the big starter and headers right there of ready to go. And I feel like Warner Brothers wanted Batman v Superman to be bigger than Marvel so bad that when it didn't meet it, it was an instant failure and they put so much judgment on what was to come. They already had a commitment. And when they got to a certain point and that movie was done filming, and, you know, unfortunately, Zach had a very, very tragic thing happen to him in his personal life. And I was actually going to talk about that, too, because you talked about him being reinvigorated during all of this. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, you have to think that there is some probably some trauma revisiting doing this movie. But at the same time, cathartic memories, cathartic in a way, like, yes. And to go, OK, this was this was the headset. I This is the headspace I needed to be at when I was in this mode, when the movie was getting ready to come out and I wasn't there because I was dealing with my trauma and and all this real tragedy that happened around him. I I feel like they took advantage of him because of that. They did. Oh, totally. And then when they, when they, when they had him step aside, they brought in Joss Whedon and that was their opportunity to lighten the movie up, to lighten the vision, to make it more in line with what's, with what is more popular right now. And, 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 and let's not, let's not, leave any stone unturned is the mcu more popular than dc right now absolutely because they had the role they they were rolling years of a role exactly so that's momentum exactly that's not saying that any dc heroes or stories are lesser it's just saying that people are instantly going to put the two side by side and say well this is better over here clearly And, and and each one has their individual phase to begin with but to be fair to it i mean i think dc deserves to have its own breath and we got that this weekend. And what I said in the network and chill chat last night, Marvel's in a rebuilding phase right now. They're they're essentially starting over. They're the 99 Bulls, baby. Exactly. <laughs> they don't got Jordan no more. <laughs> they don't He's got Jordan. They, they don't got Robin. They don't got Pippen. They, they don't got Jackson. They got Tony Kukoc. And some guy named Rose. <laughs> so... Now's the best time. And the DC stuff when it came out with the Justice League movie came out. We we only saw that movie together. We actually were really high on the movie when we saw it. Yeah, the it did a lot of things well. It did. And uh the the soundtrack was awesome. 
they 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 blended in old Superman themes, all Batman stuff, new stuff. You know, there was uh, they interjected humor into it, which was kind of missing from the last one, and you kind of needed it, even though the the overall universe is a bit darker. It can be a little lightened a little bit, and and and, and I kind of like that. I liked Bruce's storyline. I liked Diana's. I liked um, uh, Cyborg's, even though he didn't get a whole lot. And uh, I even liked the stuff with Soups when he comes back in the end, uh, which is going to be a little bit changed, a little bit different because of stuff that they shot and reshot, but. I'm super excited to see what this four-hour monstrosity is going to be, man. It's going to be a monster to watch. It's going to be not a movie. No. Well, it uh, the way that they're going to release it on HBO Max, it's going to be a four four one-hour parts, and so that way they're kind of you can sit down, you can watch it, you can kind of be done with it and go on with your day, or you can watch them all in a row. He did say maybe he didn't say at launch. He said they're looking at trying to have a version where you can just be have a continuous like like all cut together, super cut, uh, that you can just watch all in one go. If you want to experience that way. Uh, I'm super excited for it because of the missteps with DC. We started having a lot of different wishy-washy of, well, we have another Aquaman sequel. We're going to have another wonder woman sequel and Shazam. And they're all in that same universe, but we're not too worried about linking them to any overall arcing story right now, which is good. In my humble opinion, yeah, because if you just sit there, take your time, and lay the groundwork without actually laying heavy groundwork, trying to force these characters into the moment, yeah. in five years, you'll have a moment where Zachary Levi and Gal Gadot and Affleck might all end up on screen together in a crazy moment that you're like, holy fuck, I didn't believe I'd see this, and then guess what you've done? You've captured that thing that Marvel had that made it so special and did it your own way, and that's exactly. what they really need to do. And with DC in, in their world, in their realm of infinite Earths, they have that ability to do this in and out. We can have different thing over here, different thing over here. You know, we can have it. We're literally going to have three different Batmans on screen at once coming up because Affleck's back in the picture uh, with, the, with the Flash movie. Joining Michael Keaton to have two Batmans, two in one movie. And the fact is that when they approached him about it, they were like, he's probably not going to say yes. And apparently he was very enthusiastic about wanting to do it. And that what they were saying is that when they were doing BVS in, in Justice League, what I can only imagine is that there's a lot of background turmoil going on with Warner sure. Brothers in DC. That's on Ben's mind. They were, they were trying to nail down his Batman stuff, and he was not really feeling wanting to deal with all of that. He's having personal problems at home. His professional life is not well. His personal life is not well. And that poor guy, what does he do? He kind of falls off the train, man, and um, he has to go better himself. He has to go get back, you know, gain back his mental stability. You know, we, we, we all know he went to rehab. We're all glad he's doing a lot better in his own personal life. And so now when they approached him about it, like, Hey, was there any interest? And he's, and he's very enthusiastic and he's looking at the script. He's like, if I want to do it, I kind of want to be a bigger part of it. Not just uh, uh, this. I want to like have this. And they're like, ah, yes. Because instantly now this movie has a much bigger cast and a much bigger star power drawing people to go see a flash movie where it's been so many years removed from a justice league movie. Not anymore though, because of the new one coming out. It's almost kind of like a cool little like refresher of, hey, do you remember this? We did this a few years ago. Now it's better. 
but it's uh, also removed from how amazing the flash tv series has been sure it's kind of waned a little bit it's not the same series it was and then we got ezra miller on the show which then changed the whole paradigm so i read something today and this is rumor this isn't confirmed but it's from the same rumor source that said affleck was going to be in the new flash movie and that this rumor was broke up like a month ago and they only confirmed it like a week or two ago that Grant Gustin's going to be a cameo returning the favor in the new Flashpoint movie. That would be so f- f- rad. Oh, man. That and, just... I, and I mean, why oh. not? He, he came on and did your thing. Go over there. He doesn't even have to be a big role. You know, it's it would be really funny because you could technically tell the thing that happened in Crisis on Infinite Earths from Ezra Barry's point of view sure and then grant barry can come in and be the alternate like way that the scene happened and it's amazing because it's shot for big screen they don't have to just take the cw footage and superimpose it they can just go again which is brilliant you know but before we move on to flash there's one thing we were on the, the the snyder train and talking about the justice league and all that but we need to discuss him coming right out the gate with the slam punch of punches in this teaser trailer for his cut because he didn't hide it to the last second. He didn't wait until an after credits when the music stopped dark side, right at the fucking opens the trailer, bro. Yeah. Well, and there's no reason, there's no reason to hide that anymore because the movie has already come out. There's enough news and circulation and rumors about who and what, when, where, and why about this movie. And, you're trying to entice people to, hey, this thing's coming out next year only on the streaming platform in, in, in the States at least. And uh, because that's something he did say uh, for for international countries that don't have HBO Max or working on a, di- on a distribution partner to get that movie to them. Gotcha. Uh, but for, for us in North America, at least it's HBO Max exclusive. And I, I do hope it gets a physical release one day because I would love to buy it when it comes out. And then one last thing I want to say about the Justice League trailer. Last last final thought, if unless you've got more and we'll, we'll come back Maybe. to it. But OK, so this is just um, the song choice. Oh, yeah. 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 Now, OK, everybody. Oh, it's beautiful. Hallelujah. The, the, the movie's coming out. Did you pay attention to the lyrics of the second verse that was in the trailer? Because there's technically four verses in the Leonard Cohen Hallelujah song. They only played the first and last verse. The last verse lyrics. Let me just read them to you. Tell me if it sounds like anything familiar with this situation here are the lyrics i did my best it wasn't much i couldn't feel so i tried to touch i've told you or i've told the truth i didn't come to fool you and even though it all went wrong i'll stand before the long of lord of song with nothing on my tongue but hallelujah so he's literally saying i did my best with the first cut it didn't go well <laughs> i tried to get it to you guys and it almost didn't come I, i'm not lying that the snyder cut existed I didn't come to fool you about it. And uh, he'll stand in front of his maker um, and die on his sword with this version of the movie. And that is very powerful. I I was like very blown away. I'm looking forward to seeing what the final product is. I cannot wait. I'm super excited. There's a lot of cool stuff coming in from that. As I said, now that the, the DC EU landscape has kind of been like brush clean we got a lot of different projects going on that are interweaving out through this multiverse thing. I had some landscaping done. Yeah. Well, I'm okay with it. 
let's go out there, let's make some good movies. They don't have to be big, super intertwined, all this stuff, because we got we got a new Aquaman movie coming out. We got a new Shazam movie coming out. We got 84, Wonder Woman. You know, we got Flashpoint. Flashpoint's the one where you can interweave the most because of the actual story. But the other ones, let's make some awesome movies, and maybe you can do a what teaser. Good characters. Good characters. Just, you know, maybe you can do a teaser, a little Easter egg, you know? Who's this? That's that's how Marvel got good at all those it, it, after credit scenes. Bring something in just for like thirty seconds, just to whet your appetite and going ooh. Just like there was a little tease about the the rocks, Black Adam and Superman. Yeah, Superman might be the antagonist of the Black Adam movie. I don't know. Here I'm not sure if it's Adam. gonna. I'm not sure if it's gonna go that far. If we get that. <laughs> But, I mean, it's possible we would have Dwayne, The Rock, Johnson, and Henry Cavill face-to-face. That would be, if you're Warner, if you're DC, that's a home run. Why are you not making sure that? Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, that would be huge. Because Dwayne, The Rock, Johnson is not only just, like, a really cool guy, really likable guy. He's also, like, one of the biggest Hollywood stars in the world right now. Like... How many movies has he been in where he struck out? Couple, but not many. I mean, fr- recently. Oh, none. In, in the last 10 years. None. Like, early on, he's getting started, you know. It, it's understandable. But, like, once he got rolling with that, act, like, getting known as the action film guy, there's, there's, there's a couple films in there that aren't the best films, you know. Like, was it um, uh, San Andreas? Not the best one. Fun. Same with the skyscraper. Fun. You know, uh, it, it's not, I mean, Schwarzenegger had a lot of movies like that too. You know, they're not the best films ever, but they're fun. But, but then you look at the rock doing movies like Jumanji, Jumanji, yep. the next level, which were both amazing and him having to a play a version of himself played by a version of another actor. Like that's, that's I like some that. level of, of talent. You really have to touch in on, which was, uh, which is incredible. You know, I want to say, isn't the rock, he was the guy, um, Early in his career, he did Walking Tall. Yep. And they had the scene where he's supposed to hit the fucking taillight out. Yeah. He actually hit a taillight of a really expensive car out instead of the prop one. Yeah. And like they were like, <gasps> you know, he probably, of course, obviously paid for it because he's the fucking rock. He has money. <laughs> but, you know, it's still like, oh, I'm an idiot new actor who doesn't know what he's doing. But the tease for Black Adam, awesome. Justice Society America going to be in the movie. Doctor mm-hmm. Fate is coming to a movie with the Rock. I mean, like those sentences that you didn't think you'd ever speak. The the logo looks really cool. I was, um, it's simple but perfect. Um, yeah, for them to just sprinkle that little teaser in there was uh, it was enough to wet the whistle. But I want more. No, I agree. I want more. And if if the Black Adam movie, it doesn't need to have Superman as the main villain for the first one. Use that first one to establish The Rock as this character, establish sure. who this is. How many people, not just nerd comic book fans, I know nerd comic book fans that don't know who Black Adam is. Because he's not your poster, poster boy for DC. He's not a super deep cut, but he's kind of a deep cut. He's like a like a B tier cut, like B sure. minus tier, like yeah. almost C, but not quite. And how many of the Marvel's B, C minus tier have now become A tier because they chose the, it's like half, like most of the guardians, the are mostly Z tier. Jesus. Yeah, I know. 
Well, I mean, we didn't even get Juggerduck, you know, for you know, for first starting. Not James Gunn. Not yet. On to you. Speaking of James Gunn. Wow, look at us just like rolling right along here. Yeah. Speaking of James Gunn. Sure. What do you think of that Suicide Squad stuff? Okay, so lots to discuss about Suicide Squad because first of all, there are so many characters. Oh my god, so many actors. Uh so many actors, so many people in the movie. Um there are they have different people from different you know um camps within dc that are playing here i mean just to talk about a few of the characters that really brought my ears up uh king shark if obviously humongous first like amazing that they're actually going to do king shark okay yeah just say he's not here but i'm pretty sure i was sitting next to tyler as we watched the character uh, reveal trailers for all the different actors and characters. Sure. And I'm pretty sure I felt the table rise up for, uh, uh, from underneath me. And it wasn't me. It was him. He got a chub. It got hard. It was chubbed. <laughs> it was full chub. um, I'm looking for, where did I put it? He's a big King Shark guy. And of course we got double dose of King Shark this weekend. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a lot, but uh, just to go through the different, you know, there's a lot of different characters uh, in it, but, uh, you have Idris Elba is going to be playing Bloodsport. Margot Robbie obviously returning as your Harley Quinn. Yep. Sean Gunn is going to play Weasel. Spoiler alert, I almost guarantee you Weasel will be the next uh, Baby Yoda. Like, not to say cute and cuddly and fun, but, like, everybody's going to be obsessed with this character, just as a, as a teaser. I feel like that's coming. Uh, Pete Davidson is playing Blackguard. Uh, spoiler alert, don't get attached to anybody. Uh, Daniela Machoria is playing Ratcatcher 2. So apparently Ratcatcher 1 uh, didn't show up to work. Uh, Joel Kinnaman, which we were talking about last week, possibly being um, f- up for the role of uh, Craven the Hunter, is Colonel Rick Flagg. You've got Nathan Fillion playing TDK, um, which pretty sure that it's spoiling he's going to lose his arms pretty quick. The little funny picture they have, his arms are definitely severed. So I, I'm just spoiler alert thing I noticed. Uh, Jai Courtney returning as Captain Boomerang. King Shark is in the movie. They don't say who's playing him, who's going to be voiced by nothing. They just say motherfucking King Shark. Um, <laughs> Mei Ling Ning is playing Mongol. David Dasmalchain is playing Polka Dot Man. Uh, he was also in Ant Man and has been in gotham and the flash so he is the ultimate super like he's been in all kinds of superhero stuff david daspel chain uh alice braga is playing solsorio and we've got, got one last list of guys who are in this movie actually two more things of people that are in this movie uh john cena as peacemaker that was, that was a big rumor for a while that, he, that that's who he was playing and it's uh, we'll be talking about that in one second for sure uh, Juan Diego Botto as Luna. Peter Capaldi as Thinker. That's a huge one for me. We'll talk That's about cool. that in a second. Uh, Amanda, uh, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, which she's just reprising her role, I do believe. Yeah. And then you've got a few more ancillary characters. Michael Rooker is going to be in the movie as Savant. Flula Borg is in the movie as Javelin. 
And then you've got Storm Reed as Tyla, uh, Joaquin Cozio as General Mario Suarez, and Jennifer Holland as Amelia Hartcourt. And those are all the actors that were released um, by James Gunn uh, officially going to be in the movie. Now let's talk about this. Um, John Cena, let's just get into that right away. Um, what a totally different, unexpected role. It's awesome. Now, see, there's a picture I saw when they were talking about it, um, him playing uh, the, that character, of that character sitting there with a with a baseball cap on. And I'm like, and he's all ripped. I'm like, wow, that's not a stretch there, is it, John? Uh, but the actual the way the look that they're going for the character is, is more true to the early comic book version of him. So, uh, but no, I'm super excited. And, and you know what? He has to be, too. Because I know he's been trying to really get his foot in the door in terms of going Hollywood. Kind of ironic uh, because he's kind of following his buddy The Rock out there. Back when, in a certain time of day, in a different mindset, he was kind of criticizing The Rock for doing that. And kind of turning his back on what made him, you know. And that, But here he is. He's in his 40s. He's like, I can't keep bumping forever. Nope. Uh, and he's like, I got to make this transition because he's got a certain star power and name and value. And he already got hooked in with the uh, new Fast and the Furious movie. He's going to be in that. So that's his action thing. And then, you know, here he is. He got a DC role right, you know, right out the gate of playing his character. And it could really bump up his stock even more. All I'm saying is we saw a lot of footage of him as Peacemaker. And we didn't see a lot of footage as a lot of other people. Not to say he's the star of this movie by any stretch. Mm -hmm. I just feel like, uh, okay, so first of all, we should mention... James Gunn himself said this is going to be a 1970s war movie with like comedy and sensibilities of me, which is that's a mind blower. But also don't get attached to anyone. Don't be like, oh, I love Polka Dot, man. I can't wait to see how he turns out at the end of the movie because he's probably not gonna. And spoiler alert, I would say Harley is probably the only surefire won't die. Like, you could almost guarantee they're not taking out Margot Robbie because of, again, star power and all that. But sure. And, 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 and the fact that the Birds of Prey uh, came out this year. And, and I watched it. Yeah? Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, I watched it. What do you, like, what do you think? Do you want my honest opinion? Cause honest it, opinion. It, I haven't okay. seen it, so. It's on uh, the Max. It's, it's on Max. Yeah. And this wasn't something we planned to talk about today. No, it's just no. Just really quick. You, we don't need to dive in deep. This is just an, an addendum. There's no way to dive in deep to this movie, Brando. There's no deep. Uh, the story is told really, really jarringly like it's supposed to be Pulp Fiction-esque, where you're getting parts of the story out of order, and then you're <laughs> supposed to understand the whole story. Uh, but... Uh, while the characters are great, the actresses that are in the movie are great. The choices that they made as far as Ewan McGregor as Black Mask being the villain is amazing. Um, and the movie's very, very, very violent and brutal and all that. It's really not memorable. Like, I sitting here couldn't even... I saw the movie. I know what the plot of the movie is, and I don't know what the plot of the fucking movie is. Like, I don't know what I saw. And that's no disrespect to them. I just think that when they did the creative choice of how they edited that movie, they did it in such a way where, sure, that's how Harley would probably tell the story. It just doesn't pay off for the audience watching and experiencing that story. I just wonder, maybe, you know, just maybe uh, it might be better on like repeat viewers, you know, like since you kind of already know the outcome to it and you know how it's going to go. 
And you might yeah. be, you know, and, and, and that's not good for a movie all the time. Uh, uh, that does that, that that's kind of happened to me with Captain Marvel. I, I enjoyed it more the second time. The first time I kind of came out very underwhelmed uh, and was less so the second time. But it's also it's not. So, and I think I've seen it. I, yeah, I've only ever watched it one other time. I have no desire to go back and watch the movie. Um, I would give Harley or the Birds of Prey movie a second watch for sure. Like, uh, I wouldn't say no to that, but it's not a movie that. Unless I was showing someone else to get their opinion, yeah, I wouldn't willingly put it on. I guess is where I would review it. I guess you know, it all like, depends on mood too, because I'm that way. Yes, uh, like, like it, I have to be wanting to see if it's better on another review. And you know what? That's fair. Not every single movie is going to knock it out of the park, and I want everybody out there to know that's okay. Yeah, that's not every okay. movie is going to resonate with every person. Because guess what? Every person's life experience is different. So your your literal frame of mind seeing a movie, how Brandon and I experience a movie, it's the same movie, different experience. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What touches him doesn't touch me and vice versa. Hopefully we don't touch each other. Yeah, right. <laughs> it all depends on whether or not we're sitting together next and like, like, like in the theater or not. It depends on how much we're touching <gasps> each other. Yeah. <gasps> Going to get that little like uh, cone flashlight. Like, wait, like, what are you doing? What? Why is your hand in the popcorn bucket? He's eating popcorn. Go away. It's very buttery. That's not butter. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. It's still salty, though. Anyway. Um... Oh! <laughs> Ew. No, Killed man. It. I'm excited to see what comes out of this because I didn't hate the original movie. Uh, Suicide but, uh, Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Pro dance, pal. Uh, but I, I didn't hate the original one. I will say I watched it with a migraine. And, and so it, it's not the best experience I had. I would like to rewatch it at some point. Um, I just don't feel like it was coming out. It wasn't the movie that it needed to be to help resonate with the. They were trying to build that world. And I don't think it really helped to build the world all that much. Um, which is why in this movie, it's not just called Suicide Squad 2. It's like basically it's a pseudo sequel where it they're not worrying about that other movie. We're doing this movie. And the only thing that hurts, the only like, and I guess it's kind of tit for tat, you lose a Will Smith as Deadshot. Which I guess it wasn't that he didn't want to do it. It was more of a, he had other stuff going on when they were wanting to, to shoot it. And when he said, I can't, they made the choice of like, well, like we, we're not going to wait on this forever. You know, we got to just move forward. And I'm, I'm guessing that's probably where Bloodsport gets brought in Idris Elba's role. But that anyway, and that's OK with the group like Suicide Squad, because it's such a big, huge sprawling. So, like, if I were in, if I were in D.C. shoes or Warner Brother, whoever's doing this, whoever's making the calls, I, I would have done the same thing. It's like, yes, we lost Will Smith. We lost Deadshot. But we have a whole other group of guys that we can pull on to try and, like, replace that. And look at what you're doing. You're taking someone who has, uh, and James Gunn, been able to take characters that are kind of ancillary, no names, in the Z, Marvel universe. Yeah, Z-list. <laughs> Literal Z-listers. And, and look at some of the names we called off. I mean, who knows? Someone come tell me the historical history of Savant. I want to know where he comes from and all the, you know, like, there are a lot of unnamed characters here, but... It's all Gunn's friends. It's all the people that know how to work with him, that know how to get his flow. Also, actors that are willing to put the time in, like a John Cena. Mm -hmm. This is one of those movies where 
DC probably said, we're just going to let you go ham. And if it sucks, we'll let you know. And they didn't see any moment of it sucking. And they were just like, this is the most brilliant. How? I, I, I love how you said that he mentioned it was a 1970s action movie because the logo and the flow of the poster give that exact same feel. It looks very like G.I. Joe. Well, a, 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 for me. A Tarantino's uh, um, like Kill Bill or his um, Grindhouse. Uh, those like those movies around Tarantino and uh, Robert Robert Rodriguez because when they did the Grindhouse, they did was it Planet Terror and uh, Death Proof, but Death then Proof. but then Machete was a trailer and then they made it into a movie, and what was it uh, Hobo with a Shotgun or whatever, like the, like those are all done by those directors but they're all in that same kind of category in semi world where these are all kind of C-list movies you would go see at a drive-in and they would be paired together, you know, as like a bundle deal. And if Suicide Squad is like that, where it's it, it's a little hokey and action-y and cheesy, I'll be on board with that. For the for the right reasons, though, it's hokey yeah. and action-y and cheesy because well, they meant to. Not because yes. they did made a bad movie, because the no, intent no, no. is yeah. to have that feel. It's, exactly. James Gunn, man, just on it, just uh, just on it, on it, on it. And mm-hmm. and to see where that movie looks, I mean, we didn't see a, a trailer, obviously. Yeah. Looks like a lot of stuff is shot, though. Looks like a lot of things are done. Uh, he, He's got to just at this point be really starting to not to say that he's not out of love with the Suicide Squad, but he's got unfinished business, you know, sure, and, and absolutely. I, that's got to just be sitting on his shoulder going, I need to get back to the Guardians and see where we go well sure but you also have to think that he probably really sunk his teeth into suicide squad because when he started this project he was removed from 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 the marvel verse or zeitgeist so this became his new focus it's like i'm doing this now and then when you sure he got that back but as him as a creator and director he can't let that oversee or overhang over what he's doing go do that once we're done with this it's going to be all about that but right here, oh, yeah. you know, let's focus on making this the best story, movie, set, action set piece that we can make it. He also said it was his biggest movie he's ever made. That's which awesome. Is a pretty impressive thing to say, considering some of the movies he's been involved in. Well, and, and think his experience of making this movie is only going to help making the next Guardians movie. You know? Oh, yeah. Even even better. That's I mean, there's limitless amounts of experience. And then look at how beautiful is it that James Gunn's kind of the plays on both teams he works on both uh-huh. sides and, and and can be a gap that kind of is bridge there where he can say look at dc does these few things behind the scenes that actually really work better we should implement that here or he can tell dc like you guys are doing this kind of fucking hokey and marvel did it this way and i'm not trying to tell you what to do but it, it works smooth sure. you know and, and that's a beauty i mean that that allows everybody to make better you know movies um all about it but are we going to continue to kind of focus on the the suicide squad here i mean i, I we kind of jumped because while we mentioned a little bit of the flash stuff we didn't actually mention that they released the the concept art with keaton's fucking batman and the flash yes what oh yeah i thought that it was okay so i saw the the thumbnail on comic book that was like flash teaser picture and sure. i didn't really i didn't really get a good look my first thought was oh cool it's it's batfleck great and then when I was finishing my day yesterday, I'm like checking my phone. I'm going through the group chat, 
and I he, I see that AP says something about did you see Keaton and Flash? And I was like, oh, what? And immediately found it and was like, this is insane, dude. The logo is the logo. It's it the nostalgic feels hit me all over again. Oh yeah. I, I just sent you two pictures that I found on Twitter. These aren't real, I don't think. Okay. Uh, uh, because they have, there's no way that they have gotten this far into knowing exactly um, what these movies are going to be rated or any, or anything like that. And in fact, they've only just recently have announced that certain people are even on board, you know. But, but. I'm going to put it up here for everybody to see as well. Holy fucking shit. These are possible, like, I think there's a fan-made movie posters uh, for what could be. And granted, I mean, we don't have a lot of info. We don't. Um, But first and foremost, let's get that over here. Check that out. That poster of putting in the Batman... Or a Ben Aff- uh, Batflex, along with Ezra Miller's Flash. It also looks like Keaton's lips, by the way. Uh, maybe. And that bottom set panel a little bit. Um, Might be wrong. Now, granted, on the poster, it's not really being seen on screen because the, the image is bigger. It does say rated R. We don't know if it's rated R. We don't even know if, if, if the movie is called Flashpoint, which I think it should just be called Flashpoint. That's a good name. Uh, but the other image, sell. yeah, absolutely. The other image is the same, basically the same poster, but you but you intersplice out of like the broken glass or whatever, reverse flash. Oh, oh, yes. Daddy needs some. That's all I'm saying. I mean, like, does that not just... Uh, it puts asses in seats is what it does, Brando. I agree. I absolutely agree. It puts my ass in the seat. Now there was somebody's like somebody on Twitter responded to that and said, you know, nominating Matthew McConaughey for for Reverse Flash. And I'm like, hmm. Let me think about that for a second. Honestly, yes, he's good enough. Because- let me tell you what role I think he would pull from in his previous roles. Uh, if anybody ever has ever seen this movie, it is fucking jacked up. So just spoiler alert, if you haven't, that go in knowing it's a fucked up movie. It's called Killer Joe. And McConaughey plays this like kind of good cop, bad cop guy who's a psychopath that really doesn't only run this town, he kind of owns this town. And there's a really like... It's just dark. It's dark. It's dark. There's no comedy to it. It's very, very dry and 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 dark, suspenseful story. And that's what the reverse flash needs. And if he can tap into that mixed with, you've got to think about Aobard Thawne is crazy because he's obsessed with the flash to the point that he creates the the energy needed to become a version of the flash and try to kill the flash. It's brilliant telling, but you've got to really be nuts when you play that role so i think mcconaughey could actually be a really great choice i'm, I'm not going to disagree with that he also played really i really liked him in the dark tower movie with idris alba playing the man oh, in yeah. black um a lot of people didn't like that movie because the movie is kind of a sequel to the books 
and, and not a telling of the books. Yeah, it's kind of set after the books or, or a different like it's like, hey, if, if, if the books didn't like I, I don't know, it's, it's kind of weird how they did it. I enjoyed it. And I'm like, man, this is really cool. There's a lot of people who didn't enjoy it. And that's why we're not getting any more of it. But I think McConaughey would be great, um, especially if you put him in that role. And it's a role where you can have him come back and do other stuff and other stuff. But you, a lot of time, you know, like a lot of these um, other comic book movies, like in the MCU and whatever, they'll have a villain come in and they're only really in that movie. Um, but they get a good actor to come in and do it. You know, um, even though they brought Red Skull into other stuff, but they got um, uh, Hugo Weaving to play Red Skull in the very first Avenger. And he didn't want, he didn't really feel like coming back. For the Spader is another great example Spade, of that. Yep, a one and done. Yep, Spader. Yep. Uh, so it's like really great actors coming in to play these roles that they don't need to make that big long multi-film commitment um, to stay plugged in. Maybe bring them back in. For, uh, you can do one, and then if you have a sort of maybe a loose plan for a sequel or another movie down the line where he can play a role in it, you can talk to – lay the groundwork for it, but say, like, well, you know, it may or may not happen a couple years from now. We'll see. We'll revisit. And maybe, you know, you can get him interested. But I don't know. I We don't know who the villain of, of, the, of the Flashpoint movie is. We do know Ezra Miller is in it. We do know – Keaton's going to be in, in it. We know Affleck's going to be in it and being like a mentor, which makes sense because that's feeding right off the Justice League movie right there. You know, I feel like there's three movies, or th not three movies, there's three different comic stories they could pull from to really make this an amazing new version of Flashpoint that's not the comic accurate version and also not the animated series version. Sure. Those are their own standalone things. Yeah. Uh, one thing that's big important that you could do is you could kind of tell the flash of two world story instead of it being two flashes though. It's two Batmans and flashes stuck between, you know, the two, Yeah. Um, which could have an interesting implications. You also really should consider, and I know that it would maybe be difficult and maybe you'd have to get approval from a lot of different people, which could make it impossible. They should start really teasing stuff for the button though. You've got Batman and flash in a, in a story. Why are you not, if the button just dropped in the final scene of that movie, uh, the entire <laughs> the entire theater would explode. So just to see the smiley face blood of the fucking Watchmen pen. Oh, oh, I'm there for it. Ten out of ten times. And then you don't have to give that payoff immediately. The yeah. second Flash movie can have a little more crumblies. And then maybe if they go to the trilogy, the third Flash movie is actually the button, you know, and then they, they tell that story and wrap it in a nice boat. I mean, hopefully whatever they do is, is a smart and well-thought-out decision with the Flash. I think we have to officially hold full judgment on what's to come until we see a trailer because as of right sure. now, we just have – what we want to see in our heads. Yeah. We could get that problem. We've done this before on the show. The ideas in our heads become greater than the ideas they create. And then they can't hit that expectation. And well, not, it, not often, but it has happened. Well, it, I, I feel like in a lot of ways that's happened with a lot of different uh, entertainment properties. When we get into something and then we future book those things and you have a different idea, I have a different idea, Tyler has a different idea, they have a different idea, over here, Scott has a different idea, and at the, at the end of the day, it's nothing that any of us want, or something close to this and there, they had ideas, and if we would have just been like, 
uh, sitting back and just enjoying ourselves, maybe we maybe we would have enjoyed what they brought to us. Instead, we hype ourselves up way too much. Do you think though that the being complacent and just enjoying whatever we're served is why we got the Joel Schumacher movies? <laughs> no, kind of. No. I mean, not to not to say directly, but I'm just no. saying when we were kids, Forever was an amazing film in my opinion. I loved everything about it. It was one of my favorite Batman movies because of all the characters they put in it and all this stuff. But sure. when you as an adult go back and really watch it, there's not a lot of substance to that stake. Well, go back and uh, th- uh, this week listen to the, to the episode of the OGs where you and I sit down and watch Batman Returns. And we talk a little hey. bit about, about stuff that happened. And, 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 I'll, and I'll kind of list it here. When they were doing that original Batman movie and it blew up, was the most successful movie of all time at that time or whatever. It was at least superhero film in 89. Blew up. Then they immediately wanted the sequel. Tim Burton's like, I've never done a sequel. I don't know if I want to do a sequel. And they're like, please come do a sequel. He's like, I don't know, man. And like, make a. Did I just lose you, Nate? Nope, I'm back. Okay. Hit the wrong button. Sorry. He said, don't do that like you did on Game Addicts. Just hang up the phone call right now. Well, I went to move my mouse, and it was over the hide video or stop video, and I was like, oh. oh." Anyway, they convinced him, do your own movie, to make it a Tim Burton movie. And that's why that movie feels like it could be an Edward Scissorhands or a Nightmare Before Christmas or, you know, anything like Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. It kind of has that weird... Especially for for like Edward Scissorhands, that, that wintry vibe. Uh, to it with the same soundtrack and just movements and tone. But because the movie was dark and gruesome compared to the first one, there's still, I mean, the first one, they, they, they still shot people for, you know, for crying out loud. And Batman actively like may have killed a few people along the way. Don't kill me, man. Don't kill me. Not that guy. He didn't kill that guy. He did. Um, but in Batman returns, he, he, he straps a stick of dynamite to a dude. <laughs> I'm just saying, he killed it. He killed a dude. Yes, he does. He kills a guy. And uh, I mean, we didn't see the body. We don't know if he's really dead or just 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 bleeding injured. Yeah, very injured. Anyway, McDonald's ended their endorsement deal early because of parents, specifically moms, saying that we don't like this. Warner Brothers took that as a, we need to adjust the tone. That's why when Tim Burton came in, excited to finish the trilogy, he's like, I get a trilogy now. I have all these ideas, Billy D. Williams, Two-Face, and we're going to do Robin, finally, that we cut out of the last movie, we're going to do all this. And he's talking about his script, he's talking about his ideas, and they're just sitting there looking at him, and he just finally looks up and realizes, you guys aren't into this, are you? And they're like, look, Tim, we love you, but we're going to go a different direction. And we'd love to have you stay on as, as an executive producer to help with the change. And he did, but that's why the tone changed. That's why the writing changed. And then we got served that movie. Then Warner brothers immediately wanted the next movie right away. No waiting. Val Kilmer said, no. Number one, as soon as Tim was out of the picture, Michael Keaton was out of the picture. Michael Keaton was hesitant to do the second movie, but signed on because it was going to be Tim again. And, and he, he, he has said, explicitly on an, on a podcast somewhere one it was tim so he was comfortable and two the only reason he signed on to this second movie was to make have money for a real estate deal damn so for a third movie 
uh, he already wasn't into it, but if it was going to be Tim, he would probably do it. It's, you know, because at least with Tim's idea, that would have been the last one. Come in, make some more money, then he could ride off into the sunset. And, and maybe started. And then for, as far as Michael is concerned, he, he probably would have been like, hey, can we do something a little bit more with my character here? Because he was kind of just there for the second movie. And, and, and we talked about that on the OGs. But that's Keaton dipped. Val Kilmer came in, did his job. They wanted the movie right away. He wanted to do other stuff. He dips. Clooney comes in. And Warner Brothers is so up Schumacher's butt that Schumacher gave up. And he's like, and they basically would just yell, let's have fun, everybody. And they would do takes and do their thing. And uh, it wasn't anything. What it started is 89. That, that's why, in my opinion, you have the Burton verse and the Schumacher verse with shared actors because it just doesn't co-align with each other. It Tone is different. Set pieces are different. Uh, characters, in a way, are like the Bruce Wayne that's in forever is not the Bruce Wayne that's in 89 in Returns. Not just nope. the fact that it's not Val Kilmer. It's a different Bruce Different mindset, different place. I mean, you, you saw the same Alfred. He's the same. You saw the same Gordon. He's the same. It's, it's kind of it. And and then callbacks. You have callbacks. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I don't think complacency is why we got those. I, I, I was just pointing out that we as – Geek Team has gotten so big and now is more palatable to everybody for with TV shows, with movies, with everything – that we become too critical sometimes of what we expect things should be. So when we are given these things, whether or not maybe it's not as good or maybe it was rushed or this or that, instead of taking a step back and thinking, we couldn't have got this at all. We, we, we could be living without the last season of Game of Thrones. We could have been not without a sequel trilogy of Star Wars. We, we could be not be getting any more Star Wars ever again. Because yeah, they or didn't, Batman ever or again. Or Batmans or whatever. And, but but instead we are, and we have to decide whether or not we're going to be super picky about it, or just sit back and you can you. I'm not saying you can't decide whether or not you like or not like something. What I'm saying is give it a chance, sit back, and maybe just kind of get out of your own expectation a little bit of what things should be, instead of the way things are. Let me leave you with one last question in this. And I know this is going to be like the weirdest future conjecture that you probably will never be able to answer. But had Burton and Keaton done the trilogy, finished it, okay? Would, considering we don't know what that movie looks like or how it would end or anything, would it have been possible for us to get this moment we're getting now with Flashpoint? Uh, Maybe not. Because what if they killed Bruce? They could have done anything and yeah. then Eaton said well that was a great run I'll never have to think about it again yeah. and didn't go back well exactly <clears throat> things happen the way that they happen and now we are here and now he is coming in for Flashpoint and we all got nerd boners why is he coming back for Flashpoint why is he coming back to do movies probably one because he wants to make a little bit more money before he rides off into the sunset with his acting career number two as much as he stayed away from the comic book realm they even made a movie about that with Birdman, which is an amazing film. I love that movie. Absolutely. Um, then he comes in for Spider-Man, plays Vulture, plays a villain. Has and a lot of fun. Character. He had a lot of fun with that movie. You know, he did an amazing job. He's been in some other stuff, too. I'm trying to remember what else he's been in recently that I liked him in. Cause I he was in the other guys. Other guys. 
Keaton was the um, captain of the place, but he also worked at Bath and Body Works. Uh, and he also quoted TLC lyrics all the time. Keaton, the is such a, Keaton is just such a good actor. Uh, you could literally have him do anything. It can be funny, serious. He really throws himself into it. If he's really into it, he really gets into it and puts us all in. I'm actually looking at it, looking up because I'm kind of getting angry that I cannot think about something else other than Birdman or uh, Spider-Man that I've seen him in a little bit more. Oh, um, there it is. There it is. Let me, let me scroll down. He was in Dumbo, but I didn't see that. He was in American Assassin, The Founder. Oh, uh, the story about, about uh, McDonald's. Yes, yes. Oh, RoboCop. He was in the he was in the remake of RoboCop. Oh, playing cool. the playing like the head of uh, the head of OCP, and he's like the villain. And that movie is a little divisive because it's a remake and it's a whole new take on the character or on the movie and the idea. I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, it's not the cool. best, but I enjoyed it. And he, Michael Keaton, is a shining point of that movie he's a villain who's in a who's in a suit and cool. I, and, and, and it's perfect because you have the they you know the protagonist is the big robot and cyborg dude with guns and i almost like pseudo robocop iron man type stuff and then you got the villain's just a guy in a suit awesome yeah no it's great because it check that out because it gives him a lot of uh leeway with his character and how he, how, and his character is very, it's what you would expect to see, very political. You know, he, he can come off as like very, very genuine, very nice, you know, a good guy. There's other stuff going on. Keaton, I'm super excited for Keaton to be back. I'm super excited I think he's for. He's also going to be in Morbius. Vulture, yeah, they're bringing a Vulture into Morbius. Yes, I remember that. But I'm super excited for him to be back, coming back as Batman or at least Bruce Wayne. There's no way we don't get a scene of him in the suit at least once in the movie. I, I would rather not see it in the beginning and just let it roll and have him be this old dude, old Bruce that can't do it anymore. And in the end, they, he comes gliding in and he's like, you see him in the 89 suit. And then my my table at the theater, when we can go back safely, um, uh, rises and it breaks uh, because through of, the ceiling it yeah. breaks through, the and then I get my and, and and then I'm a kid again. Uh, I don't know how, but Keaton made my dick bigger. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Michael Keaton. You made my dick bigger. Um, but, I, but I'm also super happy for Affleck because, as we discussed earlier, things in his life weren't going the greatest, and he kind of just uh, fell back and said, "I had fun with it, but I'm not ready to keep continuing with it because of creative or personal reasons." that are going on in professionally or personally. And now that's kind of washed away and he can kind of come in freely and have fun with it and play the role that he always wanted to play and play it the way that he wants to play it and kind of have some control over like the, the direction of his character and like, like in the movie and super happy for him. Same. Uh, you know, we totally glossed over something that actually kicked off. And I mean, I guess we didn't gloss over it because we've got time to talk about it. They did release a new Wonder Woman trailer. At, I watched uh, it. And we got Cheetah and uh, uh, it looks pretty good. It would have been out already. If got given right. for a, a global reasons, but I'm glad that we actually got a little more of a salt sprinkle because let me just say, and I've said this, I don't know if I said it. I, mean, I might have said it last week here on the show. I'm, I'm interested to see Black Widow, but I'm 
more interested to see the next Wonder Woman. Because that, sure. that first Wonder Woman knocked it out of the park. It's a great, great film. And this movie looks like it's going to do the same, but it's going to be in a, a completely different setting. Removed oh, yeah. From, yeah, removed from she the World War One. completely I. taken from her element, too, which mm-hmm. is great. And then the trailer, in, like the dude that's in front of the presidential podium, who is that? Now you got me. Because he said that he's he's going to give you – he's there to give you exactly the one thing that everybody wants. And then the scene after that is Diana with Steve. So it's like, is that how they're going to bring Steve into it? It's some mas- some magical thing that is going to be explained that isn't natural? Oh, maybe, or like, ooh. Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, I I uh, am pulling the trailer up now to find it. Oh, of course. I muted it the first time and it didn't play. I muted it the second time after it had already played loudly into my ear hole. Great. There you go. Um, At least it's not like that one week on the show where I tried to play something from Howard Johnson and it was just like, Guam is going to sink. And it was like loud <laughs> as hell. <laughs> and we couldn't hear it at no, all. No, yeah, me, you and Tyler's like, yeah, we don't hear a thing. I'm like, oh, they did. <laughs> they definitely heard it. Hmm. Because it, it almost kind of came off like Cheetah is going to be like the main antagonist, but this guy seems like he could also be an antagonist. Because, and, and, and I'm future tripping down, and I, I don't know the story, but what I'm kind of thinking is Steve is back, uh, and they're reunited, and things are like, wow, I can't believe this is a thing. We're back together. I thought I lost you. And by the end of the movie, she's, she's going to lose him again. It's Maxwell Lord. Maxwell Lord is uh, heavily in the ethos and, and you know, uh, mythology of both Wonder Woman and Supergirl. She, uh, he w- featured heavily in the Supergirl TV show uh, season one. But uh, Maxwell Lord is a very he's kind of like a philanthropist, lots of money. So. And he's also always looking to, you know, like figure aliens out. So it's very possible. Maybe he discovers the technology to bring uh, Chris Pine's uh, Steve Trevor back. Well, and the thing is, I I get the feeling that they're going to that she's going to lose him again. But this time it's going to be more of a he's like, it's okay, You know? Yeah. You're going to be okay. And so that way she loses him in a way that then is not as like horrific as the first time that she lost him, you know, and that's, if I were writing the story, that's what I would do because it's going to pull on the heartstrings instead of you being like, Oh, I lost him. Oh, I have him back. And it's like, I'm going to lose him again. But it's like a, you know, he grabs her, looks her right in the eye and says, you're going to be okay. You know, I love you. I've always loved you. Whatever, you know? And she's like, Oh, but I don't, he's like, do your thing. Go do what you do. He's like, you lost me once. You'll never lose me again. Not Oof. Really. Yeah. Damn, bro. And then, One thing I will say I, I I noticed about the trailer that was dope is um, she uses the lasso of truth to literally <laughs> grab lightning. She's, she's web slinging on the lightning bolts. I was like, holy fuck. I loved it. I thought it was the most over-the-top, ridiculous thing I've ever seen, and I loved it. I'm on board with it. I don't know. I don't care if it makes sense. It just looks cool. 
it he, does look cool. You know what's interesting too is Steve Trevor returning. He was a pilot in the first movie. This is obviously set a little bit further into the future. Eighties. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, could we get Steve meeting somebody possibly named Hal Jordan as a little teaser for things to come? Maybe. Maybe. You said sprinkle stuff in. That would be a beautiful little sprinkle. But yeah, I think it'd be awesome if Maxwell Lord is the cause of of Kristen Wiig's cheetah becoming a villain, as well as the cause for Steve Trevor to return because that would really fuck up Dino like or Diana once she learned Diana once she learned the truth. As I stumble over my words, it sounded like you said Dino. <laughs> I almost fucking did. <laughs> What's up, Dino? And all of a sudden you see Wonder Woman, but it's the raptor from Jurassic Park. <laughs> where, where the little, wearing the little leg head, the, 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 the um, tiara or uh, the tiara, the the tiara of justice. There you go. Uh, Outside yeah. the Hall of Justice, there's this other hall. hall of other other Hall of Justice news that we could quickly touch on this will take all of 30 seconds they named the title for the new shazam movie brando yeah fury of the gods that'd be interesting i liked the first shazam i thought it was i didn't expect it to be good i enjoyed it yeah i'm looking forward to uh to the next shazam for sure especially you probably are going to have something to do with black adam somehow i mean Depending on how the timeline, I guess, falls will depend on how they can choose to do this. But those two are pretty interlocked. You would yep. have you really need to either maybe at the end, if Shazam 2 comes out first, at yeah. the end, you maybe bring in Black Adam for like a minute little droplet. Or if vice versa is happening, the Black Adam drama spills into what becomes the next Shazam movie. Just either imagine. Way, just imagine. Uh, okay. So you build... The, the the rocks black adam as being this big anti-hero and all that jazz and he's big he believe he's judged the rock said he's judge jury and executioner you know he's not your your vigilante that's going to let the bad guy live he's going to kill every you know everyone that he thinks needs to die so he's this big rough grizzled dude and then of course his history is that he was granted his powers by shazam you know, and oh. so he meets the little kid and you have these interactions between the with the with the black Adam and a little kid and you have the rock and a little like it's a, a, it, it's it, it, like the comedy writes itself. hundred percent. It would be because then you could have Zachary Levi and the rock going back and the rock is lo- the rocks the like the straight man in the room and <laughs> just having him pop back and forth <laughs> between the, the tall and little kid. Shazam, 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 Shazam. <laughs> Like, like every time that the Rock is about ready to get really mad and punch him, he goes, "Shazam!" He goes back Shazam, to the kid. He's like, "Can't punch me! Can't I'm punch me! I'm a kid." <laughs> it, it'd be, it, it'd be great. I'm, I'm looking it forward. Definitely right. A lot itself. of great stuff happened this weekend. We had the, the two video games that really got highlighted. The Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, being made by More Rocksteady. More hyped for that. Uh, being the Personally. Uh, well, here's the thing. I'm not so sure how much I'm hyped for it um, because I watched the gameplay of the other game, uh, which is Gotham Knights. And it's not uh, – Gotham Knights is being developed by uh, WB Montreal. They're the guys they that – They did Origins. They did Origins. 
and, and it, the gameplay is more similar to the Arkham series, but it's not tied to the Arkham series. It's a brand new story where uh, you play as one of the four, Batgirl, Robin, Nightwing, or uh, uh, Red, Jason, Hood. Red Hood, Jason Todd. And it, you can play the whole game single player or two player co-op. That's amazing. I liked that a lot. And the, and uh, Batgirl plays a lot like Batman from the Arkham series, so you feel kind of more at home with her. Robin, he has a, a thing with a Wayne satellite where he can do short-range teleportation stuff. That's cool. And they each have different things. Of course, then you know Red Hood's got the got the guns and all that kind of stuff that he's that that you know he's rocking with. It Nightwing's seems it, the baton badass. Uh, yeah, and. Um, uh, the gameplay section was like a seven-minute gameplay section, and during the Mister Freeze arc of the game, so it, pretty interesting. Um, the Suicide Squad looks cool too. I'm not saying it doesn't. Uh, that also has four playable characters: uh, Harley Quinn, uh, Deadshot, uh, Captain Boomerang. Boomerang, and then of course, uh, King Shark. King Shark himself. <laughs> now you know we're all about the King Shark this week, but. Um, Shout out to our homeboy. Yeah. Ty, we missed you. Ty, and of course the Jugger Duck. Um, That's all I want: a Jugger Duck v King Shark book. Oh, oh man, oh man. I'm there for it. They're head to head. He's like, it's like you won't beat me, Duck, and the Duck just goes whack, whack. <laughs> 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 yes, I love um, it. No, super excited for those games. I want to say that Gotham Knights might be coming this year or early next year. I it did at the end of the trailer say 2021. Okay, so so probably but, early next but year. But it was slated for this console generation as well, PS4 and Xbox One. It will be out on that as well as the next gen. The Rocksteady one, the Suicide Squad, uh is only going to be on next gen. It's not going to be on current gen. So that's going to come in 2022. Um now, the Suicide Squad, one of the villains you, that you face is Superman. And it looks to me, if I was just quickly dissecting, my guess is Brainiac is the head villain of the game, and he turns the Justice League evil. And each, vil each villain is each member of the Justice League you have to one by one hunt and one by one take down and figure out how to stop the Batman and stop the flash and the wonder woman, you know, like that's, that could be a really fun, interesting, different kind of gameplay experience, especially considering you're playing as technically villains. Yeah, exactly. So super fun stuff there. Uh, is there anything else before we get to technically, I guess it would be the last thing that we're really going to cover. I have one comic book headline that I can really quick throw to you and somebody is trending. That's uh Oh, okay. George Clooney is trending. <laughs> and it's because people literally all over Twitter are talking about how George Clooney was my Batman and I want him to also be in Flashpoint. Now, here's the thing. I actually want to give Clooney a second chance. Sure, sure, um, sure, sure. You know, I don't think it needs to be in Flashpoint. I just sometime down the line, we can have an old man Clooney movie because him Batman begins Batman. <sighs> He would kill it. Even though a lot of people want Keaton to be that one, why not do Clooney? 
give you something totally different. Yeah. Uh, and then here's the last headline, Brando. It'll bleed into this next thing that we're going to be talking about because I know what the head, head story of this whole entire episode is going to be. But uh, John Ridley, who is a acclaimed filmmaker, is joining DC to tell a Batman story. The reason that's a headline is not just that he's a filmmaker going to tell a Batman story. It's that he's writing a Batman story that it's almost guaranteed at this point. Batman will be a person of color. They will be giving a new character the the cape and the cowl to tell a new story. And that okay. could be really amazing. Uh, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. Sure. Because I want to first before I move on, I'm going to say uh that 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 gets a thumbs up for me it doesn't like yeah there's not a lot of news to it yet no but it's awesome like if anybody a diehard fan really gets upset about that you have to remember all the people who've kind of worn the the batman cal it doesn't jim gordon wore it yeah the you know jesus christ i mean he's a robot yeah batman's not a goddamn robot right Nate? (laughs) yeah with rabbit ears with (laughs) rabbit ears and so like no, cool. Like I'm interested to see what kind of story comes out of it. I just that's yeah, let's do it. As I smack my mic. But Nate, do you know who plays King Shark in Rocksteady Suicide Killed the Justice League? Mm-mm. Samoa Joe. What? Uh, it's on comicbook.com right now. Samoa Joe Joe joins Rocksteady Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League as the voice of King Shark. That is amazing. Oh, my gosh. Now I got to watch the trailer again just to hear that voice because he's, I mean, obviously in the trailer. Yeah. That's why they're announcing it. So now I, I know, man. pay attention to that voice. Um, no, like that. I, I, I opened up the thing to make sure there wasn't anything else to talk about. And I'm glad I did because that's awesome news. Like. Big, huge Samoa Joe fan going all the way back to like the mid 2000s and, st- and doing stuff that he's done in the ring. But it- it's cool that he's got a branch now. Um, you know, we don't know who's playing King Shark in the movie yet, but we do know who's definitely playing- also going to be Samoa Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be OK with that. I mean, he's he, you know, he he broke in the business with John Cena. Good for he, you know, he's good buddies with him. So why not? It, Cena's like, I know a guy who could play a shark. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, Nate, are you ready to get in to the last part of this yes. show? Oh, yeah. All right. So I'm switching layout here, and I'm not putting the pictures up just yet because we're going to lead into it. Nate. Do it. One of the last things that came out yesterday. The last major headline of the day, technically. Yeah. Was this trailer, teaser trailer for The Batman? With Robert Pattinson, Woo. Uh, something right. I can't remember his first name. Something right. The guy that plays uh, uh, Jeffrey George, Wright. Jeffrey Wright. I'm, I was thinking Timothy Wright. I'm like, nope, that's not it. And another iffy Jeffrey. <laughs> Ifrey Wright. <laughs> 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 no, Jeffrey Wright uh, playing Jim Gordon. And of course, this the, this movie's been in production already. It, I think it got halted because of the coronavirus outbreak. And now. We got the. I didn't expect to see as much as we got from it. Whole trailer, two and whole, minute, two minute thirty. We're not going to play the whole trailer for you, but I am getting ready to start the uh, the the slides. 
I love how the open up with the logos is to the sound of the tape ripping open. Yeah. Which, you know, uh, is is incredible uh, to briefly just like surmise. This was the thing I was most stoked for from fandom to see what they delivered. So once we start talking about what they delivered, jazzed. Let me know when you're set. Yeah. All right. So we're playing. The beginning is the, is the tape. And then we see, you know, no more lies. The dude with head wrapped in tape. And uh, we see uh, police walking in to that Nirvana song. That comic book's like, what's that Nirvana song? <laughs> Something in the way, for those of you who don't know. We get to see Jeffrey Wright as Jim Gordon. It's just, it's just As soon as I found out Jeffrey Wright, I'm like, yep, he's Jim Gordon. Like perfect should have been cast as Jim Gordon 15 years ago. Oh dude. Um, he's, I watched him of course in, uh, in Westworld. And as soon as I seen him or, or, or heard that he was casted, I'm like, yep. Yep. He's a Jim Gordon. Like there's no way that he could not play Jim Gordon. He's great. Um, but what I'm liking about the feel of this just before, as I, before we get, through any more of this. I mean, the slides are going to just keep continuing to go through for sure. the people who are watching. Them. I love the dark noir feel of this movie. Gritty cop movie from like the eighties, bro. It's, it reminds me of the old tiny Batman comics, but, but, but come to visual realize your, your realization. Um, because there, if there's one aspect about Batman all the way going back from the 60s into 89, into the 90s, into the Nolanverse, into the DCEU with Batfleck, Detective, how much of that in the big screen have we not, we haven't seen Detective Batman? Very limited. Yeah. Very limited scope. They seem to have confirmed who the main villain of the first movie is. Riddler. Yes. Which is incredible. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I, and I love the way that they do it, too. Because it's done in classic Riddler fashion. With these clues. He's got to figure it out. And that leads it. <clears throat> that lends the perfect villain to lead a detective like story. For Batman, no, not all Batman stories are detective stories, but when they're good, when but but when they're well done and, and told, they're great, and he's the perfect antagonist for that kind of story. Absolutely. Also, note uh, that I solved the first riddle. Did you? What does a liar do when he is dead? He lies some more. It's on the the right or on the left hand side of that card that you see in the trailer is that riddle. And I after like four watches, I was like, oh, that's what it says. OK, I'm going to solve it. I watched the trailer like 20 times. Yeah, it's a lot. As soon as I saw that it was in 4K, I was like, bring it out the laptop. I watched, watched it. 4K. I watched it again this morning on my TV. Um, and then I'm, I'm, I'm going to make uh, uh, my wife watch it later. Um, Wicked. So. Another thing that we got from the trailer 
Catwoman. And technically Penguin. He's in there. Yep. Yeah, he is. He is hiding. Also, can I say that I don't know who this guy was, but there is a very burly bearded gentleman in one of the early scenes of the trailer who's like uh, standing next to a podium Yep. Uh, in front of a crowd. And honest to God, I was like, is that Joaquin Phoenix? <laughs> like, did, what? Because it really looks like him. But after like second, third watch, it's not him, but it's someone yeah. who looks very similar to like a chubby Joaquin Phoenix. Um, so I'm not sure who, who that who that really could be in, in the movie. Is that the mayor? Is that the actual commissioner? Is Jim Gordon commissioner or is he like still kind of rising up the ranks? Well, from where this is set, I think that we can probably assume he's probably not quite commissioner yet. Uh, Gotham PD is set in year one. Okay. And this movie, confirmed this morning, is set in year two. Okay. So Gotham PD will literally be the lead-in to this movie. And so in that show, in the series, this police department's going to be hearing about a vigilante that's taking out bad guys not sure what to happen they keep getting leads on these villains the villains wind up dead or or in a, a predicament or you know captured for them or whatever it is what i'm really liking too is that uh it was uh, i believe it was george reeves is the director name right is it george reeves matt reeves matt reeves george matt george miller that's what i was thinking of from uh what, what, mad max um, yes, and so, almost Batman. Oh yeah, he almost, yeah. Did, he almost did a Justice League movie, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. So uh, Matt Reeves said that the Gotham show he's going to be heavily involved in helping that along and setting the tone. There's going to be some characters who are going to cross over with people from the police station, you know, cops and whatnot, and that it's the Gotham PD is corrupt. And the and the show's oh, yeah. going to the show's going to focus on that, while being a sort of a lead into the movie and. That's a really great idea because we just had Gotham uh, on air for like what six seasons or something like that. It was five. Five. Yep. But so now we're going to get a different one and it's going to feel completely and utterly different. And it's going to be set in this dark, gritty world of this version. And I like it, especially if they get Jeffrey Wright to go in there and be on that. Like, I'll sit down and watch that. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. You, you, <laughs> no, you go. Okay. All I was going to just say is is that the cool thing about having Gotham PD set how it is is you're probably going to have the first season end right the same week that that movie drops in theaters or however we're getting it. And then that also means that as soon as Batman has its run and is in and is out, anytime they want to do a Batman movie, they can do two or three seasons in between of this PD show and keep showing the evolution and changes within this, you mm -hmm. know, uh, within the building of Gotham PD and, and what happens and who becomes more corrupt. And, you know, who do you think is the last stalwart other than Jim Gordon that won't become a villain? And then they do too, you know, and it's like, Oh, well, and then like, you know, they already know that they're, that they're doing three of these and they already oh, yeah. have an overarching thought process. And, and this is rumor right now, but the rumor is the reason why we're already seeing Selena and Penguin is that they want to dive into this world where these characters are out there and they exist. You know, it's not just, well, this movie, there are these two characters, and that's all that we're going to focus on. No, they're all in there, you know, just like how Gotham kind of did it throughout its run, where they highlighted Leo and all that kind of shit. But as the movies go along, they're going to sprinkle a little bit more, a little bit more over here. Second movie, going to have more over here and more over there. But apparently, and this is just rumor, and the second movie is where we are actually going to be introduced to the Joker. But he's not the main villain of the second movie. 
he's the main villain of the third movie. Smart. And where you crescendo with the Joker. Yeah, exactly. Because he's the he's the be all end all of, of characters for Batman. And you uh, there there could even be a Easter eggs or stuff in this movie that like hint at it. Just like Batman begins, just the Joker card or you know Speaking of the Joker card, I forgot a Easter egg that I saw as soon as I saw the Snyder cut. Go watch it again. Opening scene with Apocalypse. As soon as they show that Omega symbol, a Joker card flies across the screen really quick. <laughs> it's like That's a blink and you'll miss it. But uh, if, if, they, if they know they're going to do the three movies, uh, they can already kind of pre-write out or pre-plan either one season or, or like two or whatever they're going to do in, in between. And you could have a season movie, season or two season movie, season or two season movie. And then the series can be done. The There's series serious. can be done. Yeah. Everything wraps beautifully. And then uh, and then eventually it all wraps in beautifully onto HBO Max, where it's like when you finish the season, the, the, the Apple recommend now watch the Batman because you've watched that. You know, not, you know, and you finish the Batman. Now go on to season, season two, two of yeah. Gotham PD. Yeah. And oh. it's a way to interwove and, and make a whole like Batman cinematic universe, you know, like the BCU just like existing in a single place. And you can have, if you have the Gotham PD, you can have other villains that are not going to be in the movies, or maybe they are in the movies or you can have lesser ones that maybe don't get enough screen time or we're like, well, you know, we want to maybe touch on, you know, uh, uh, this guy over here or, or, or like a killer croc or a give me calendar man, calendar man, or uh, you know, condiment man, you know, just, True, he's real. He really yeah, exists. Yeah, exactly. Look it up. It's worth a Google. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. Bat- Lego Batman movie. Love it. Also, I- I'm really digging Teen Titans Go. I'm watching it with my kid. Uh, great. I- oh, my gosh. That movie, or that show. And we watched the Teen Titans versus Teen Titans Go uh-huh. movie that's on Hulu. And that got me. That yeah. that, that got me. Because, have you watched that? I haven't seen the Teen Titans versus Teen Titans go yet. Okay, so the two universes meet. Uh huh. Raven's dad uh, tries to revive the other Ravens, the real, the uh, the previous Teen Titans Raven's dad, to take over the universe. And then uh, they end up winding, going back into another universe, and then going to multiple universes where they keep seeing other versions of the Teen Titans. So there's Ooh. like. The PG-13 verse where they're all anime. There's the baby Teen Titans. There's the Disney, like, 1920s era animation Teen Titans. There's the comic book. They are literally, like, look like comic book characters with little speech bubbles. Teen Titans. There's there's the Hanna-Barbera Justice League version of, like, the Teen Titans. Super Friends. Super Friends, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, and, And so, finally... Finally, and it's super rough thing here. Finally, they're they're able to steal the demon powers from the Teen Titans Go Raven, revive the other dad. He's getting mad at the little cartoon version of the Go Dad, and that and that version of his dad gets mad and eats the other one, and gets double the power, gets double the eyes, double double the mouse, double the arms, and double the butts. <laughs> he has two butts, and then they can't beat him. And so then Robin pulls up like the thing that they used to go into the other universes and all the time portals or universe portals up. It's like in game and all the different versions of Teen Titans come out to fight. 
Did that come out before or after? I don't know, but it, it, if, if it was after, it's got to be a little like wink to Winking it. And odd. If because it was before, does that mean that Marvel stole that? Maybe. I'll have to look up and see when that came out because it literally had me rolling. And then, see, when they took Cartoon Raven or Ghost Raven power, she became happy. And, you know, she's not a demon anymore. And then, like, the other Raven's like, look, we, we, we like the only way to get your power back is to break that jewel. And, and, and to do that, you need, like, you need my power. So you need to eat me. She's like, why? Well, why? the So then the little go Raven's like, why won't you eat me? And the other Raven's like, because my mouth doesn't animate that big. <laughs> And then, so then you have Raven eating every single other Raven, like Pac-Man. <laughs> and then transforms into Super Demon that faces off with the Super Demon of her dad. That's amazing. It's super ridiculous. And I loved it. Like, the fact that I, there's finally a show that my kid will watch and, and it won't be running around or won't lose his interest. And I can sit there and I'm laughing at certain things because it's meant for him. But there's stuff in there that's yes. like it's popping me as, as, as like a as like as like a comics fan. Dude, that Teen Titans Go show is so cleverly written. There's so many brilliant, funny, subtle Easter eggs and things. Like, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but they have an episode with the Golden Girls. <laughs> I haven't got there okay? yet. Okay, <laughs> and and let me let me tell you how that happens. So they find a ring. It's a Green Lantern power ring. Oh boy! And they're doing all the different stuff it can do, and they're like. You guys haven't seen this thing's ultimate power yet. It's the Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> so Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans came out in 2019. The same year. Ooh. Oh, 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 uh-oh. Now it's a race to see when, when. Yeah. April 27th was Endgame. So if it came out after that, it could have affected it. Obviously, that didn't affect Endgame because an animated movie probably wouldn't. But Well, also, an animated movie might take a little bit longer, just depending on... That's true. That is true. Oh, it released in July. So it came out after after. So maybe they snuck that extra little scene in as a, a well, wink and a nod. Well, it, it's the end of the movie. It, like it was a part <laughs> of the whole plot. So it had to have been in conjunction. That's kind That's of funny. Crazy. That's crazy. They tandemly wrote the same kind of movie totally apart from each other. And what I would like to do now, as we guys, we're still going to talk about the Batman trailer. We're not done. <laughs> we just tangented like we always do. I would love to take the portal opening sequence from Endgame and then add the music into Teen Titans. That's <laughs> oh man, that needs to happen. Anyway, it'll back. immediately get flagged on YouTube, but it yep. needs to happen. So uh, back to the trailer. Oh, we got to see Catwoman, uh, which I really like how they did that. How that how she doesn't really have her outfit. She's wearing. She like was her, burgling. She she yeah she was burgling. And she had her mask on, and it looks like cat ears, but it, but her hair—it's obviously she's rolled up her hair into pigtails, and it's underneath the, like the little ski mask that, that that she's wearing to make it look like make her look like Catwoman. A little bit, yeah. Really well done. Really well done with that. 
Yeah, I love um, that all these villains are going to be getting like true forms of origin stories. Sure, because see, That's you can bring back because Zoe Kravitz is playing her, right? Yes. Okay, so you could bring her back into the second movie and have her have a bigger role. And the whole time be a slow building love interest of Bruce. Yeah, sure. Which can then ultimately in the third movie when they're ripped apart, really be a very impactful moment. So, but going back to the very beginning, when they have the riddle with the card, uh, like, and Jim Gordon's like, does this mean anything to you? And on the card, it's like to the Batman. And then he's in the room with them. And in fact, I think he's the one talking at first. It's like to my special friend or whatever. It's like, who? I think that's Pattinson talking to Jim. He's like, Jim's like, no idea. <laughs> hmm. I need to like, again, watch it again and again and again and again and again and take everything in that I can because there's a lot of little subtle nuance and stuff in this trailer. You have, uh, there's a scene where there's a guy that's like, this guy's crazy and he's driving a car being chased by the Batmobile. Oh, dude, that sure that's the penguin. I think so, but that new Batmobile. I love it. Oh, yeah. Me Tank too. meets muscle car. Love it. It what looks I, like what somebody who has money but doesn't know a whole fuck lot about cars would make if they could. Well, it, it also, to me, think back to some of the early comic versions of the Batmobile and how, and how they looked very just 1940s with the bat thing on top with like a jet thing in the back. Or look at and uh, in, in the in the sixty six version, it it looks very time appropriate, doesn't it? For yeah. it, 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 it? But then when we get to the more modern era, there, uh, especially with the 89 Batmobile, looks completely like whoa, that's custom fabrication, its own thing. And then it went to the Batman Forever with the skeleton, the Batman and Robin skeleton with a convertible. Then we went from that, uh, like on main screen, to the Tumbler which is a drivable tank to a literal tank and like a BVS and justice league. Now we're, now we're, now we're scaling it back. And I actually kind of like that because I didn't dislike the tank era. That's cool. I like the tumbler a lot. Uh, I also kind of like how we didn't change from the tumbler. when like once we established it, that just kind of became his role. And then uh, it makes sense for Batfleck to have a tank it just for where he is in his career, it made sense. Just like in the Dark Knight Returns era. But if you get this, an opportunity on YouTube, there's a like an hour long documentary on the Batmobile, and it's really good. It's really a great watch. And then of course they talk about Nolan, but it's really neat because they talk about how almost all the different designs came to be and where they originated and and stuff. And it's 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 a great watch. Absolutely. I, I believe every time I see a Batmobile Hot Wheel, I buy it. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, I uh, I believe my kid has got he's got a couple different versions, but he actually has the Justice League tank one now. Oh and sweet! We, and we were playing one day, and we and I had that and the Halo Warthog rolling with each other. <laughs> <laughs> like egg, yeah, but I, I'm really digging that Batmobile. But dude, the build up, the build up to these guys that got this clown makeup on. Kind of interesting, huh? Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're directly related. We don't know that. They just could be crazy gang members, just like that. They exist in Gotham. All right, they exist. 
who the hell what like what the hell are you supposed to be? And then he brutalizes this guy. Whoa. <laughs> I mean that okay, so the tone of the movie, dark brooding noir mixed with that kind of visceral action. And then he gets him down and continues to bash on his face and then says, I'm vengeance. My tits flew into the air. Literally. I was that happy. What do you, what do I just you? solved a riddle. Another another riddle within this thing. So I just freeze framed on this. Uh, what does a liar do when he's dead? Having to clue, let's play a game, just me and you card. That signature at the bottom is a bunch of gibberish. And it's not gibberish. Edward Nigma. The letters, they line up perfectly. E-D-W-A-R-D on the top line. And then in. It's coming back up here on, like on, the, on, the, like on the stream here. Yep. It's not going to stay around for too long, though. There's the lies. I put that up there. Nate can't see any of this, by the way. Only nope. o- only you guys can. Me and you can see it. Nate's over here just freestyling. Oh, yeah. That's there it why is. I There's the card. I mean, the it, it, it lines up. So hmm. that means that if you could take that and find that lettering elsewhere in the movie, you you could kind of have a cipher and know yeah. some of the stuff happening before it happens. Now, I sent this trailer to somebody, and they said it didn't do much for them, and that they didn't like the way Bruce looked in it, that he looked sickly. What? I felt like, for this being a young, tortured Bruce Wayne, that it was perfect. Absolutely. I have I've seen a couple people bitch about this trailer, but I don't understand it. Um, um I absolutely as I said, I've watched it like 20 times. I really dig it. I, I'm su- I was always the defender. I'm gonna be that guy. Because think about this. Batman, not even arguably, I'm just gonna go right out and say it, is the biggest, most popular, and recognizable superhero ever. You got your Spider-Mans, you got your soups. Now uh, Iron Man, Captain America, Avengers, that stuff's there. And it's big. But for the length of time, Batman. Batman can almost compete with Mickey Mouse in terms yes. of rec- If you put a if you hand somebody a picture and it has like five superheroes on it, Who's the one they're going to recognize the most? They'll probably recognize Batman first. Yep, Batman. Superman and Spider-Man second sure. and third. <sighs> then whoever else is on the picture, like they might not even know who they are. It, yeah. I mean, if they're a fan, they might know who all of them are. And there's more of them out there today than there always have than there ever have been. I found Ratcatcher one. He's on this picture. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and someone's like, "Well, first of all, dude." Props on the Jugger Duck. Love him. <laughs> Batman, yeah. Spider-Man, Superman, Jugger Duck. <laughs> Just saying that should be a new movie. I know there's some there's some wires to cross there. 
Marvel meets Doesn't DC. Doesn't matter. We'll meet. We'll get those bridges when we need to. Amalgam Comics. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> nice super callback. <laughs> All right. So no, we are going to get multiple iterations and reboots of Batman forever in a day. For as long as they're making films, what are we going to come back to? Batman. It it's doesn't like matter. Bond, bro. Bond. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they're not going to make any more Justice League or any more Supermans, any more Iron Mans. We're going to get more Batman movies. End of story. We got a Joker movie last year. And why is really he big? Good. Why is the Joker big? Because of Batman. Because he is the antithesis of the, he's he's his guy. And whether or not it's a one shot, whether or not it's a multiple, whatever it is, we're going to be grandparents, old dudes sitting at the nursing home arguing about the 15th iteration of the Batman franchise is still not better than the Keaton verse, you know, or be. or like, dude, I don't know, man, that uh, and that Pattinson one that came out was pretty damn good. The new one doesn't really touch that. I don't, we're going to get it. So what I'm saying is I was hopeful for this and was a defender because every single time they announce a new guy playing Batman, our minds and our expectations for what we grew up with and what we've enjoyed are saying he cannot do a better job than he did. And that's not fair because we're not even giving them a chance yet. We got to turn that into, I wonder if he can do an amazing job. Exactly. You know, the same thing happened with Heath Ledger and Jack Nicholson. Nobody wanted to follow Jack Nicholson after he did the Joker. Mark Hamill was able to do it because he did it different. But it's a different medium as well. On the big screen, what did Heath Ledger do? Something completely different. And then you bring in Jared Leto. Not fair what happened to him. Not at all. Because still completely different. It's still it, it's different, but we didn't get enough of it. We didn't get to see enough of his character in anything to really form a really hard opinion about it. All you have all you have to drive on is about 10 to 20 minutes of screen time and this look. And you're not going to form a big opinion when Heath Ledger, every time he's on screen in The Dark Knight, steals it. And maybe he's not better than him, but it was different. Every, and, then, and you know what? The next time we get a Joker, it's going to be different than the last. Absolutely. And that's, and that's okay. Everything can be different. I'm excited because now that I've seen Pattinson in the suit – Doing his thing, I'm even more excited. The fact that he looks a little emo-ish and maybe even like brooding. The last episode or the next episode of the OGs premiering this week is called Broods Wayne. Yes, it is. And I, I don't know if you've seen the screenshot or the thumbnail that I made for YouTube. Yes, I did. <laughs> in, the, in the episode, we were talking about it. I'm like, I love that face. <laughs> But that's what he does. And I can imagine in early 20s or, or mid-20s, whatever it is, he, man, he, he's been through the ringer. He's rich, but he's been just – he's a tortured soul. And so he – I would like to think that he hasn't quite got that Bruce Wayne mask down yet, how to be that playboy, you know? Because even in the – and they, you know, again, going back to the Nolan verse, when we see Bruce Wayne before he runs off to go join uh, the uh, League, of Shadows. League of Shadows. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm like the Brotherhood of Darkness. I can't, I'm like, who the, I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. 
before he runs off to join them, he's going to kill Joe Schill. Uh, Joe Joe Chill, right? Not Shill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe, Joe Chill. No Shill on Chill. Um, but he's gonna he's he's gonna shoot him, and he's not that playboy millionaire. When he gets back for, after being gone for all that time, and he's at the hotel and he's chilling with his models, he has that face on that mask, and I. If he doesn't have that here yet or have it down or still working on it, I'm going to love that because we haven't got like Batman Begins is, is the closest we've ever we, that we've ever gotten to a Batman year one style. Imperfect Bruce Wayne. Imperfect Bruce Wayne. Because yes. he can't be he can't have. OK, let thinking about thinking about this, like Batman year one and the, the PD show into the, the Batman movie and whatever. It doesn't make sense for him to decide to take up vigilantism. And then be perfect at it and do it right the first time, every time and know how to balance. Listen, a lot of the superheroes that we love, the dichotomy that's amazing about them is how do they balance their identity, their reality or their secret reality to their secret identity and their being a hero. And him, one thing, people said he looked emo. Do you know what? I don't, I don't think he looks emo. I think he looks fucking tired. Like he hasn't slept <laughs> in 36 weeks because he's going crazy trying to stop all the crime in Gotham and he's only one man, yeah. you know? That was my thought when I saw how Pattinson looked. You know, there was one line in the trailer that 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 kind of popped me a little bit because I was just like, I love how it's subtle, but it's Alfred being the perfect guide talking about like getting a little popular out there, aren't we, sir? You know, like as he drives the the motorcycle into the cave, you know, you hear the voiceover of him saying like, you're getting Andy a Circus. popular out there. Andy yeah. Circus oh, is yes. Alfred. I'm looking forward to that. I am. As much as I liked everybody who's played Alfred on big screen, but like, you know, I liked uh, 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 J- Jeremy Irons for a different reason than I liked uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Well, Michael Go for that reason. Yeah, Michael Go. Yeah. Um, you know, Michael Caine was that kind of like, Big brother, let me help you out. I'm going to give you advice and prop you up. Let me tell you this story about this one time, you know. And then uh, Jeremy Irons is the former military medic that we've seen in the comics. The dude is like, he's there to help him out. He's there to look after him, but he's going to patch him up when he's been beat up. He's going to, you know, he's going to work on the car, work on the, the, the bat wing or whatever. He's, you know, he's his right-hand man, and and it'll be interesting to see. I, I kind of see that also kind of maybe could play out with Circus a little bit uh, with his style. But I'm also like Circus is a little bit younger uh, than Jeremy Irons, uh, I, I think anyway, or, or at least it appears that way. So I think he's in his late 40s. Yeah. The only thing, it, as soon as I saw that Andy Circus was going to be Alfred for some stupid reason, I just envisioned Gollum in the Batcave. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 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 Mr. Wayne, Mr. Wayne, my person. You're, you're going out of my precious car. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get a scratch on my preciousness. You know? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going now, Alfred. Goodbye, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> Bruce is taken off and his phone rings and there's a little video screen and it's Gollum again. He's like, I forgot to tell you, Master Wayne, bring home McDonald's. <laughs> I was going to say the line. Like, like, you're taking a sandwich with you? I'll get drive through. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's good. No, dude, I love the, I love this trailer. I'm just gonna say it again. Yeah, no, the 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 end of the trailer too, like, um, at, like as it kicks in with the logo for the Batman, and then you have like the bat ears coming down from the A. Yeah. And then we get like a really good scene, a good shot of the uh, of like the Bat Cave. Uh, which and is seemingly he's talking to the Riddler in that moment. He could be, or he's listening to the Riddler speak. Uh, now, Riddler. is the guy with the duct tape? Is that yes? The Riddler, okay, that's what I thought. So that's the first person you see on screen is the Riddler duct taping these dead guys, but you don't see him in a very bright suit and anything. It's very yeah. dark and gritty and subtle. He probably doesn't have visualistics for being this uh, flamboyant, uh, bombastic character yet. And That's what I love about right, this. They yeah, haven't exactly. found their identities yet. And then, of course, um, we get to see a like the car drives through what I didn't realize was a funeral because we get a because we see a scene later where it looks like he shows back up to that scene as Batman later. And then, like, there's an explosion, and be, be, because you see the same car that has all the all all, all the writing on it. There's the explosion, mm-hmm. and he flies back, and you see like there was like a picture. For like a memorial service they were kind of having. Hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm digging it. I, I love the vibe. It's I'm now at full attention the for the for the announcement of it, uh, like it's coming out next year, 2021, with the twos or our question marks. Mm. Yes, you are standing at full dandy. Full dandy over here, my man. Full dandy. Oh. Absolutely. But do you have anything else to say about this before we, uh, I mean, I think it's about it for this week. I think we literally covered all of fandom uh, unless there's something we missed. I mean, we didn't really talk about like the flash season seven trailer. I haven't finished or even started watching season six, so I can't comment on that. Uh, you know, we talked about all the games that are announced. There was a bunch of stuff that was slated when we talked last week. I had talked about the schedule, and a lot of stuff got pushed to another event they're doing. Nice. So there's more DC stuff coming, I think, in a couple weeks. I want to say it's like mid-September they're doing another thing like this. Okay. Nah, probably won't have as big of news, but I'm guessing. Oh, Titans. This is one little headline. Two, two, Really, two headlines coming out of Titans. So Titans is obviously, as of right now, a DC Universe exclusive show for that streaming service. A lot of people are fairly certain it'll be an HBO Max show because the DC streaming service is dying. But well, it makes sense now. You could just plug it into there. They're cat. They've cast both Scarecrow and Red Hood for that third season. Ooh, <laughs> that's what I said. I was like, oh fuck! Like they are taking the gloves off and swinging. And I didn't finish season two of Titans. I got right at about midway and I stopped. I didn't want to stop. I just didn't finish it. For whatever reason. So yeah, other than that, no, I don't have anything else. Brandon, do you got anything else to add before we rock out of here? No, man, I'm just super excited. As I said, this was a weekend. This whole DC barrage of good, awesome stuff. The trailers, the teasers, the announcements is stuff that we just needed as comic book fans, as movie fans. Uh, you know, from stuff that we've been thinking about for a while or hopeful about. Uh, the Snyder stuff rocked my socks. The Batman trailer not rock, really rocked my socks. I was, I was hopeful for that the entire time, knowing that it has a lot of cool guys in it. Pattinson has really worked on his game since he was attached to a series that really labeled him as something that he needs to break away from. 
And I feel like this, you know, I, I always said this could be the big role that breaks him away from that, you know, to let him breathe. And because he's been doing some other films and, and people are saying, you know, that he's really improved as an actor. And yeah, and I, I it so far. Big thumbs up for me for this whole weekend. And I'm just I can't wait for more. Hell yeah, man. Well, uh, before we get out of here, as always, folks can check out Journey Into Comics podcast on the Journey Into Comics Network. Get us on all the different podcasting platforms, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. I could go on and on and on for days. Just search Journey Into Comics Network. Get that one feed, all the different amazing shows on our network. Also, make sure to go over to Game Addicts Podcast, get their show and uh, have that on your feed as well. And that's going to do it for this week's episode, Brando. What were we going to call this? You said you had an idea for the title. Okay, so I had two ideas. Sure. Battinson Begins. Okay, I like it. And Battinson Brings It. Hmm. I like the first one. I like Battinson Begins. We'll play on yeah. a, a, a little bit of play on words, yeah. And uh, I love it because I, I really do think I'm thinking he's bringing it and everything that I've seen from that from that trailer. As I said, I've watched it about 20 times. I'm about ready to go watch it once more. I'm going to make her watch it because I'm digging the vibe. I'm digging the feel. I'm digging the grittiness. I'm, I'm digging the, the gruesomeness of it. And I cannot wait to see more. Same, brother. Same. Well, I think that will officially wrap Journey into Comics 310. Battinson begins. I've been Nate. I've been Brando. And as always, you guys know the drill. Pop your caps back, fill your brains with that shit. Later, guys. Later on.